This is the Riches from the Pages radio broadcast with evangelist Adam Borden, brought to you by Wahoo Baptist Church in Murrayville, Georgia. We invite you to join us for this time of mining the unsearchable riches of God's Word. And now evangelist Adam Borden. Thank you, Brother Les, and thank you, friend, for joining us here again on Riches from the Pages. Now, we want to pick right back up in our study of the life of Gideon, and I believe this will be our last lesson, our last message on the life of Gideon found in the book of Judges in the Old Testament, chapters number 6, 7, and 8. We begin today in verse number 22. I won't rehash. I, I won't go back over the history. I'll trust you to go to our Riches from the Pages podcast on anchor.fm. You can find that information on our website, evangelistadamborden.com, and you can hear all previous 10 messages in the life of Gideon to catch up to this point. Let's just start right in. Verse number 22, uh, Then the men of Israel said unto Gideon, Rule thou over us, both thou and thy son, and thy son's sons also, for thou hast delivered us from the hand of Midian. Gideon said unto them, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. Now, in business, there is a maxim, there is a phrase that is used. Innovation is rewarded, but execution is worshipped. And Gideon has come through in a way that these people have never witnessed with their own eyes. They have only heard tales of the past victories, of, of the, uh, the history of their people coming uh, into uh, their existence with Abraham, their life uh, saved by Joshua in Egypt, their deliverance by Moses and the uh, crossing over into the promised land by Joshua. They have never seen a warrior and a victor like Gideon, and they say, rule over us. But he says in verse 23, definitively, no. The Lord shall rule over you. He's speaking of the theocracy. We live in a democracy. Don't get me started. But theocracy means that God is the government. God is not only who we worship and praise, but he controls the governmental processes of our people. Gideon, for sure, was the judge, but he would not be the king. It was God's desire for his people to live this way. But we can already see that the people were already in, in, in idol worship like the Canaanites. That's what put them in a weak position to begin with here in the book of Judges. And they would soon call for a king like their pagan Canaanite neighbors. Let's begin back in verse number 24. And Gideon said unto them, I would desire a request of you that you would give me, every man, the earrings of his prey. This is interesting. Note this, parenthetical words here in this verse number 24. For they had golden earrings because they were Ishmaelites. The fighting men of Midian, the Amalekites, and the children of the east, the men wore earrings. That's a good 
indication why men ought not to wear earrings. I'm moving on. Verse 25. And they answered, we will willingly give them. And they spread a garment and did cast therein every man the earrings of his prey. And the weight of the golden earrings that he requested was a thousand seven hundred shekels of gold besides ornaments and collars and purple raiment that was on the kings of Midian and beside the chains that were about their camels' necks. Now, so in these verses, verses 24 through 26, we see that to the victor go the spoils. These Ishmaelite men, these Ishmaelite uh, uh, warriors wore earrings. Verse 26 tells us that the camels themselves had necks and ornaments Verse 21, this is one of the things when Gideon slew Zeba and Zelmanah, it says he took away the ornaments that were on their camels' necks. This was a decorative ornamentation made of gold and jewels. And so he says, give me these things. Now, I hate to say it, but Gideon, who was once known for his fear, has now hatched an idea in vain imagination. In verse 25, we find this truth to be so. If you perform for the people, they will pay you. If you perform something that inspires them, they'll be willing to pay carnally. This is a dangerous dangerous step that Gideon has made. I'm probably going to make some preachers mad today. But they gave, and look look at what it says here. The weight was 1,700. That's 600, I looked it up. It's 683 pounds of gold. 683 pounds. Look what it says uh, in these verses in verse 27. And Gideon made an ephod thereof and put it in his city, even in Ophrah. And all Israel went thither, a whoring after it, which thing became a snare unto Gideon and to his house. Oh, my. Mm. Verse 27, Gideon made an ephod of gold and the people made an ephod an idol. We know from Exodus chapter 28 that an ephod was designed to be a priestly robe that hung over the shoulders, came down across the abdomen, wrapped around the waist. But this one would have been a gold jeweled garment. 680 pounds? Not possible to wear. Most likely, our commentators, our scholars, Say this ephod was one thing, but then the other, the other tonnage, if you will, of gold was most likely set up as sets of ornamental decorations commemorating the victory. Now, when he said the earrings of your prey, the spoils that they took off of those children of the east, It made me think about Exodus chapter number 32 when Moses is on the mountaintop and those freshly delivered Israelites came out of Egypt with all the spoils of Egypt and they demanded that Aaron make them an idol that they would serve as God because they don't know what's happened to this Moses. What did Aaron say? He said, break off the earrings, the golden earrings. You go back and look it up. Exodus 32 
Verse number two, he said, take off, break off the earrings from your wives. Listen now, listen, your sons and your daughters. This is how much of an influence Egypt had had on the Israelites. And Aaron makes a golden calf idol with the tools and the artifice tools that he knew how to use. How did he learn that? Over there in wicked Egypt. We see this pattern repeating itself. I, I would submit to you even, look this up. 2 Kings chapter number 18, verse 4, when all the idols were the, the destroyed, the brazen serpent that Moses had created and lifted up in, in, in the wilderness to save the people of Israel, it had been worshipped and incense was burned unto it. You look it up, 2 Kings 18, 4, it had been burned incense to and worshipped since that time. It was a stumbling block of idolatry since their time in the wilderness desert. I'd like to speak in these last few moments here on our study, tragically now in the life of, of Gideon, when a trophy becomes a tragedy. Gideon, whose family was an idolatry in chapter number six, has now created something in this ephod that becomes an idol. Uh, that, that terminology, whoring after, it's an adulterous term. They're leaving their first love, God, Jehovah, their provider, their protector, and they're worshiping an idol of this golden ephod. And it says it became a snare unto Gideon and its house. A snare! This thing that he built, it's an instrument, this snare, Webster's will tell us, is an instrument for catching animals, particularly fowls, by the leg, a cord or a string with slip knots, and it tightens the more that it's pulled on the leg which it becomes entangled in. This is not a net that is thrown over it. No, my friend, it is something that is stepped in and tried to pull away from, and the harder you pull, the tighter it grips. Psalms 19 tells us that the wicked is snared in the works of his own hands. Proverbs 29, 25 says, the fear of man bringeth a snare. In chapter number eight, verse 20, we said that Gideon had passed down fear to his son. But now, something even worse, now fame has put his family into a snare of prideful worship of the people. He fulfilled Gideon himself, the one chosen to lead the army, has now sadly fulfilled what God feared of the 32,000 in chapter number 7, verse 2, when he said, they, they would say pridefully, mine own hand hath saved me. Notice, my friend, if you go back and read it for yourself in chapter number 8 of, of Judges, Gideon did not give God the glory when the battle was over. He did not defer the praise. He did not say it was the Lord that delivered. Now, he said it before the battle began in chapter 7, verse 15, but not after the battle, when the praise and the adoration of the people began, and they said, rule over us, and a trophy becomes a tragedy. Now, verse 28 through 32, it tells us that Gideon lives a life of peace from the Midianites. He accumulated wives and a concubine. Uh, yeah, those, 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 they tend to find themselves when pride is involved. Mm. Gideon led in victory, and he subdued an enemy. But, oh, my friend, sadly, he enjoyed the adoration from the people. And in the end, he did not leave them an allegiance to the Lord and the people. Look at it. Look, look, look. 
Gideon dies. Look in verse number 33. And it came to pass that as soon as Gideon was dead, that the children of Israel turned again and went a whoring after Balaam and made Baal Bareth their little g-god. And the children of Israel remembered not the Lord their God who had delivered them out of the hands of their enemies on every side. Neither, 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 verse number 35, notice this, neither showed they kindness to the house of Jeroboam, namely Gideon, according to all the goodness which he had showed unto Israel. Let me tell you something, people. You try to buy people's affections. You try to garner people's uh, attention and their adoration. You'll be just like all the rest that came before you. When you're gone, when you're out of the picture, your people, your remembrance will be no more. The kindness will stop for your family. The things, the goodness that you that you uh, laid out for the people that you so-called served, ah, oh, It'll be soon forgotten. Caution, my friend. Here's the caution. We cannot, listen, we cannot let a church house, we cannot let a gospel meeting, we cannot let a camp, uh, we cannot let a revival, we cannot let a preacher, we cannot let a family, we cannot let a ministry, we cannot let a denomination become a trophy that does not humble itself before the Lord and finally become a tragedy. We've seen it so many times where men have been held in too high regard and men have not glorified God and preachers have just uh, drawn an allegiance of people that has not centered on God himself but upon their person. And they become a trophy. That's my preacher. Yeah. Well, who's his God? Mm. And tragedy takes place. Fear, my friend. Notice the progression. Fear at the first in Gideon's life and in your and mine life seems to be a personal weakness and insecurity. But then flattery in some form can tend to bring on that selfish thinking in someone who seeks acceptance and enjoys the adoration. And then fame in the end can bring a tragedy personally to a family, and in the influences around. Let us not seek an earthly trophy that will become a tragedy, but let us lay up treasure in heaven in humility upon the earth. Thank you, my friends, for joining us once again on Riches from the Pages. Our prayer is that the Word of God has done a work in you today. For more information on the ministry of Evangelist Adam Borden, go to evangelistadamborden.com, spelled B-O-R-D-E-N, and click on the contact page, or you can call 615-785-5682. Join us next time as we find riches from the pages of God's Word with Evangelist Adam Borden.